Callie and I are taking this week off of the upside. And an upsider suggestion was to highlight some of the other shows that our podcast development company, 1022 Projects, has a hand in creating. We've decided to do just that. So all week long, you're going to be hearing different shows that we help produce. Up first is Bouncing Forward with Amy Purdy. Amy Purdy is a New York Times bestselling author. She's a motivational speaker and she's a U.S. Paralympic athlete. She's a snowboarder and she is one of the most resilient human beings I have ever met in my entire life. This is her episode with Susie Moore, who is a business and life coach with the mantra, let it be easy. In this episode, you're going to hear how to find the confidence to pursue what you think is meant for your life and you are going to love this episode. Susie Moore is about to change your life in just four little words. And the reason I know this is because she's changed my own. When things get difficult or challenging or when I'm stressed out or when I'm burnt out, I always hear her voice in my head. Amy, let it be easy. And I cannot tell you how many times she's texted me those exact words words. Susie's a really good friend of mine. And in fact, she's one of my mentors in life and in business. And I'm so excited because she is here with us today. In this episode of Bouncing Forward, Susie is going to remind us that life is always going to put obstacles in our path and surprise us with difficult decisions. But by trusting our gut and knowing that life always unfolds the way that it's supposed to, we will make it through every challenge, smarter and stronger every single time. And you already know that I believe that inspiration is contagious. Well, Susie's energy is contagious. Her story is so inspiring because she lives by the words that she shares. She had a secure and well-paying corporate job, but decided to leave it in order to help others live their most inspired lives. Her story is going to fire you up. And in fact, a friend of mine was listening in on this interview as I recorded it. And right as it ended, he pulled the trigger on a project that had been on his someday list for over a year. If you are in need for inspiration to just get started, this episode is for you. At the age of 19, I lost both of my legs below the knees, which changed my life forever. It made me dig deep and build my resilience. And through that, I've been able to accomplish some amazing things. I'm a three-time Paralympic medalist, New York Times bestselling author, Dancing with the Stars runner-up, and a world-renowned motivational speaker. I created this podcast to cheer you on and to remind you that every challenge must be met with one question. How can you not just survive life's challenges, but thrive through them? I'm Amy Purdy, and this is Bouncing Forward. Susie, I'm so excited to have you here. Your mantra, let it be easy, is now my life mantra. (laughs) And I constantly think about you. I constantly think about like when things start getting too hard, I constantly think, I hear your voice. I hear your accent. I hear you say, Amy, let it be easy. Just let it be easy. (laughs) And I just wanted to share with my listeners 
my mentors and who mentors me. And Susie, you are that. So oh, right back at you, Amy. I admire you. I look to you for inspiration. Truly what a gift to have met and to be doing this right now. So this season is all about living an inspired life. And that includes, of course, doing work that inspires you. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of people have a hard time knowing how do you even get started down that path? And so can you share your path? You went from working a corporate job to being a life coach. Can you share some of that journey? (gasps) Yes, yes, yes. Well, unless someone has worked with me or followed me for a while or read my books, they don't know that I grew up like living in shelters, like domestic violence abuse shelters, moving around constantly, having you know, addiction, abuse, all sorts of um, chaotic things in my family. And I remember when I was a kid, Amy, I was like, I'd sometimes see these women on TV who had high powered jobs and they lived in America. And I was like, I'm going to be one of them. I'm going to have like a briefcase and a pencil skirt and have it all figured out. And I'm going to marry a man who's just normal and sane. And we're going to have a, a really nice, sweet life because I'm going to have a great job and a normal you know, marriage and husband. And, you know, I managed to do that. Age 30, like you said, I was in a corporate career in the Silicon Valley tech world, making half a million bucks a year. And I remember thinking to myself, I kind of have ticked a lot of the things that I wanted when I back when I was a kid and thinking that this was like the way to have a really easy, happy life, but it still wasn't easy. Like I had a different stress, a different anxiety. And like working in the tech world was awesome. I think corporate jobs are great if that's suited to you. But I knew that, you know, it wasn't my life's work and I love to help people solve problems. I know that I'm a natural encourager and I see solutions for people and I love to help others. So I started my side hustle as a coach and I feel like it saved me because I had to do a lot of my own work if I was gonna help other people. And that was eight years ago now. I've had my business full time for eight years. And I mean, I love the work that I do. I've grown a lot of it using the media, using unconventional methods to kind of grow my audience. And I just feel happy and excited that I can share what I've learned and kind of do what speaks to me, create work that speaks to me and only really do what feels good in my heart. You said you were raised in a challenging home, but you felt it inside that there was more for you. So Mm -hmm. where did your confidence come from? And where did the confidence come to launch your business, to launch coaching, where did that start? Mm, Oh, great question. Well, I believe that if we're here on earth at this particular time, there's a reason for that. And look, we didn't ask to be here in this particular time, this moment in history, as we are with our gifts. And so for me, I've never really thought, is it okay that I'm here? Like, is it okay that I take up space? Like, for me to have come from the, the family that I came from, I'm like, well, there's something to this. <laughs> there's there's a reason I'm learning these lessons. There's a reason I'm kind of getting some of the wisdom in young to know about maybe what not to do with my life. And so I just really believe in, um, you know, taking risks. And a lot of things don't work out. People see the stuff that does work out because it's what's out there. But I just really give myself a lot of permission to make mistakes and to trust, uh, to, to trust my heart. I mean, the word confidence itself comes from the Latin origin 
confida, meaning to trust. And so I just think, look, uh, I, I have an instinct. I follow it. I'll trust whatever the outcome is. I, you know, I have my desires and, and I have in mind what I'd like an outcome to be. But even if it's not my desired outcome, I can still trust that and then just keep moving forward. I know that only action cures fear. And I really believe in taking a lot of action uh, imperfectly versus thinking too much. Too thinking can be the enemy. <laughs> and, and if anyone ever works with me, I mean, they know that I love deadlines and short deadlines like never anything more than six months and ideally something within one week. So just taking action. I mean, how can you be afraid if you're too busy doing the things? This is what Susie's so good at. I I feel like anytime, (laughs) anytime (laughs) I come up with an idea, I'm like, I'm thinking about doing like a webinar or like a workshop. And this is all stuff that I've never done before. So I'll text Susie and she's like, do it. Yes. Do it tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) wait a second. I've got to think about this, but who's going to show up? But what am I going to say? But hold on. I need like six months to prepare this. Like that's how, (laughs) that's how my brain does it. But Susie's like, no, launch it, post it tomorrow. People will show up. Whoever's Mm -hmm. supposed to be there will. So why do we make things so hard on ourselves? Well, let me tell you, Amy, everyone will tell you that life's hard, right? They'll tell you that winning is hard. And look, it's not to say that greatness doesn't come without challenges. And like, you're the role model for that, right? Like, look at what you've accomplished. Oh my. I mean, if anyone's got any excuses, look at Amy Purdy. You know, I'm like, I'll smack anyone with an excuse in the face of the picture of you, you know, like you've done it all, like (laughs) truly, like what a gift you are. Um, So, I I mean, no one defends ease, right? I always say that ease needs a good lawyer because we're taught so many things are hard, right? Like having a business is hard. Oh, but having a boss is hard. Not having any money is hard, but making money is, oh yeah, that's hard. Having kids, oh yeah, they're hard. Not having kids, that's hard. I mean, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying any of that. And if something, if there is a dream in my heart and I have a desire to do something, it's enough for me to trust that and take the next step. Often we just love to overthink, think that that means it's a form of planning. Um, and everyone is very yes. quick to chime in and say, small businesses fail. You don't want to mess up and do something bad online. This is risky. I mean, where's the other voice? Like where's, where's the representation of what can be? and what can be with ease and joy. Like this, making money is great, but making money and having fun is way better. Right. <laughs> and I, I just know that like we can, we can sit, we can worry, we can think of all the things that can go wrong. We can contemplate past failures or we can just be curious and also think I don't have to do anything perfectly. I don't profess to be perfect. I don't have all the answers, but I can give of myself and be generous and the right people will like it. And the people who it's not for, that's also okay. So I don't put a lot of pressure on myself to get everything right or to speak to everybody, but just to show up for the people who I can help and to just do it with an open heart. You know, you just said it perfect. Who is the other voice? And I'll tell you that you are the other voice (laughs) because you are the other voice for my dominant voice that is the one that wants to make things harder than it needs to be. It's like, you're so right. Like we, we want to think everything out before we even get started, but you have to get started before you can really figure it out. And so... And that's so much of what you talk about in your book, Let It Be Easy, which mm-hmm. I was very honored to be able to endorse your book. Yay! But of course, I totally believe in it. And I believe in you so much. And I know you'll inspire my listeners just as much as you've inspired me. 
what are some examples of how we make life hard mm-hmm. and how can we make it easier? Essentially, what we need to do is question the stress in our lives. So there is real stress, right? And then there is imagined stress. And I would say that imagined stress counts for a lot of the stress that we experience. Mark Twain said it so beautifully. He said, I've been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're sitting here worrying about what can go wrong, what can go wrong, what can go wrong, what could mess up? Like, how could I fail? And it's like, hey, nothing's actually even happened yet. It's only 7 (laughs) a.m. Damn, you must be tired of all those thoughts already. It is. Well, that's true. It is. It's exhausting. I think you do mentally exhaust yourself thinking of all the things before you even get started. You haven't even done anything and you're exhausted. (laughs) I know. It's like we need to, like, we're not on our own side a lot of the time, you know, and the enemy is inside the gates. No one is coming at us saying, you can't do it. You can't. I mean, Look, not everyone had, you know, ideal parental figures. You know, I certainly didn't. But like, that's okay. After a certain point, we have to parent ourselves. We're the own adults in our lives. So the way that I think about it is, you know, if there's something for me to do or create or take action on, I like to think, what do I want? It sounds so easy and it is, but it's also very easily overlooked. We don't ask ourselves, what do I want? What Even when I wake up, what do I want today to feel like? How do I want it to shake out? Like, I want to have a fun, sexy day today. You know, I want to <laughs> go, go do the things and I want to have a good time when I'm doing it. But no one teaches us that. We're on this constant, like, what are the threats around me? That's how, how our brain is wired. Our brain's number one job is to, to for our survival, to protect us from death. And the way that it interprets threats, even like, say, for example, a mean comment or a mean email, the way that the brain interprets that, unless we question it, is you're under threat. We have a physical response, right? We can notice our heart beating, like tunnel vision, racing thoughts. And it's like, huh, it's just uh, words, words on laptop, right? <laughs> like words on phone, right? Like, what is it really? Like, let's question the stress. And often when I do this with people, there's something that's stressing them out so much. I'm like, okay, let's look at it. Let's look at the situation. What's so stressful about it? Like what's so threatening here? And often we, we just end up laughing in the end because it's not nearly as serious as we think. We're telling a whole story. We're, pain, we're like watching a whole movie of the future and nothing's happened, Amy. Like we're safe. Every No one's coming at us with a knife. Like we are okay. <laughs> and so if a stressful thought comes to me, I actually have three questions that I ask. The three questions I love to ask for an immediate interrupt. And the trick here when you feel stress coming on is to do this as quickly as you can. So not to wait until you've, you know, had a coffee or talked it out with your husband. Immediately, you want to interrupt like the the stress response. You ask yourself, firstly, how serious is this really? So there's, you can just laugh, right? Yeah. You're like, is this going to kill me? Am I going to die because I didn't prepare for something? Or but your brain thinks so. Your brain will go, gosh, I'm at risk. So how serious is this really? Maybe you got dropped from a project or someone's rejecting you or someone says something unkind about you. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Those things happen in life. They happen all the time. How serious is this really? Number one. Number two, what's essential here? If there's an action for you to take, like what's essential here? And this is often what I think trips people up because they think I need all the bells and whistles before I can do something. Everything has to be set up. I need perfect tech. I need perfect lighting. I need perfect scripts. 
You just need yourself and an internet connection that ideally isn't too shaky. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> like, in a lot of cases to create something. And then number three, how can I let it be easy? You know, so I have an example of this, which I've been using because, it, you know, this thing can happen in business a lot. A while ago, I was asked for some, it was, I was asked for my slides, Amy, like my PowerPoint slide. <laughs> and I forgot that there was even a presentation I agreed to. It was oh within 24 hours. And I definitely, I was slideless. <laughs> <laughs> there were no slides in, uh, no slides prepared. And I thought to myself, okay, wave of like fear. Oh my gosh, how do I overlook this? I'm so reliable, total oversight. I just blindly forgot. It happens sometimes, you know? Right. So, okay, Susie, can we have your slides, please? I haven't gotten your slides yet. Hmm. Huh. How serious <laughs> is this really? I'm like, it's inconvenient, but it's not life and death. It's, it's an inconvenience. And I feel a bit embarrassed that I've forgotten about this. Number two, what's essential here? I thought about it and, you know, they use my name and picture on the promotion. And I was like, well, it's essential that I'm there. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like with a not too shaky internet connection, like it's a bare minimum. The, the only thing that's essential is me showing up for an hour, maybe a little longer. And then how can I let it be easy? I contacted the host and I said to him, um, cause I love myself too much to kill myself and create slides over 24 hours and panic and sweat. Like, I'm not doing that. I said, hey, look, um, I didn't even say I forgot. I just said, hey, thank you for checking in. I was thinking, could we just do a Q&A instead? I've seen that they go really well. They're intimate. People get to, to the straight to what they want to know. And maybe that could be a fun setup. And he said, yes, most people aren't willing to do that. They prefer to have a presentation. And so I did my thing. I had no slides. That's cool but I showed up for the time I was allotted and I committed to, and I just did a, a fun Q and A. And that was probably even better than if I had these perfect slides. And that was just letting it be easy. Think about how that could have gone differently, right? I could have, oh, like freaked out, did not sleep, berate myself, berate someone on my team for not seeing the run. It could have been a whole little hurricane and it was just fine. It was fine and easy. This is exactly where I'm at today. And I thought about you and I thought about let it be easy. And now I'm going to write these questions down and have them on my wall to ask myself because today, so, so I knew I had a speech tomorrow, but today I found out that the speech is at 630 in the morning. So I'm like, okay, normally I prepare before, but I'm like, you know, in my old way of thinking, I'm like, I got to wake up at 4am and then I'll prepare. And then I got to work all night and I got to prepare all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I speak every single day. I do virtual speeches multiple times a week. So I probably know what I'm talking about without having to over-prepare. I'm such an over-preparer. And so then I found out that I have a second speech, which I totally forgot about, another big corporate speech at one o'clock tomorrow. So I have two of them tomorrow. And in my old way of thinking, I would go, okay, so like as soon as that's over, I'll prepare the slides and I'll do this and I'll study this and I'll just make sure that I'm like totally prepared for that company. But then I'm like, no, Amy, let it be easy. And what are the what's in common with these two? And actually, can I share the same content? Can I just prepare once? And you know, and yes, I can. I went through it like, but I felt initially, I felt this um, like panic. Like it's amazing how just your your brain has to think about something like you said, like impending doom or like something's coming and you feel a, a physical adrenaline 
fear response. And suddenly you go into panic mode of, I'm not ready. I can't do this. This is too much. And really, if you sit back and you ask yourself those questions, you know, it's a not that serious. Most of the time, like probably 99% of the time, it's not. Mm -hmm. And B, you can make this so much easier on yourself. And what I really love about you and what I really hear you saying, I mean, you really love yourself and you honor yourself and and you're taking care of yourself. So like you said, you're not going to kill yourself to try to do, you know, do slides in 24 hours and make everybody else happy because you'll show up better anyways, if you're calm and you're happy. Mm-hmm. And this word overwhelm, it's used all the time. I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Overwhelm can be a stress response to a lot of things going right. <laughs> what do you think about it? Okay, okay, two speeches in one day. What a blessing. Amy, you're in demand. You're the most in-demand speaker I've ever met in my life. And I mean, what a blessing. Would you want the opposite? Right. Would you want, the, I mean, so I've got two speeches. How, look at my blessings. This yes. is what I want. And I mean, I've done identical stuff over and over again. People just want you. They want you and your open heart and your authenticity. That's more than enough. It's similar to nerves and nervousness is the same as excitement. It's really the same energy. It's just the perspective we have. It's the emotions that we put on it. And overwhelm is similar because you can be overwhelmed and go, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much to do. Or you just change your thinking and you go, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed because I have so much to do. And look what I get to do. Look oh, what I get to Yes. Do. And that's one of my favorite chapters in Let It Be Easy. Call your to-do list, your get-to-do list right? It's so, it's such a simple shift, but it's major. It's even like, I mean, one even example I give in the book is like, okay, no one wants to go to the lady doctor, right? Or us girls all know this, right? No one wants right. to go there. We've got to go. Uh, but I'm like, well, I have access to healthcare as a woman. That's not right. true for every woman, you know? And so I'm not going to complain. Like I'm going to go say, thank you, do my business. And then boom. So all these things we get to do, even if it's like got to cook tonight. Okay. You've got a nice husband to cook for and access to food and your choice of food. I mean, I didn't have these things growing up, you know, and so I'm I'm very appreciative. And I always think, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, why are you always so happy? I'm just like, I just see it through a lens of the blessings, like what's here. And that that is, I think, our greatest asset. And it's so underused. I completely agree. I think people forget that that lens is even there. You know, we wake up and maybe right off the bat are thinking what I have to do today, not what do I get to do, but what do I have to do? And that probably just kicks off the day in this like, oh, I got to get this done and this done and this done. But it seems more like a burden than something that we should be grateful for. Even this word that you just, this expression have to, that you just said, I really am conscious of not trying not to use. Sometimes I do, but saying have to, when we say have to, the fear, the the primitive part of our brain feels death if we don't do it, right? So if I have to make it to FedEx by three o'clock, you can like sweat and feel anxious to make it by, to FedEx by three o'clock because your brain's like, I need to do this to survive when it's just you want to cut, make a deadline for something not to get a late feed. So we say have to all the time. If you don't, just say that you didn't even go to work. Say you had a job where you didn't go to work one day. Or just say there's an errand that you have to run and you don't do it. No one's going to come and arrest you. You don't <laughs> have to do it. But that have to statement makes us feel very restricted and makes us think like, if not, then there's a consequence, a bad one, yeah. right? So I always think, how can I just say it differently? I'd like to. It's important to me that I choose to. 
I even think like I have to do my taxes. It's like, oh, it's tax time. I'm happy I make a great income. Right. Exactly. And you know, the more money you make, the more taxes you have to pay. And you can either be like, oh my gosh, like look at all these taxes. Or you can be like, that just, that just shows what I made this year. That's amazing. Like I'm actually, I'm grateful and blessed to be able to pay these taxes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And even like you, we do have to pay our taxes, but I don't even want to say I have to pay my taxes. It's like, if we just go around saying, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, like, we have free will. Like as human beings, we have free will and we're designing our lives. So I don't have to do anything. Like neither do you. I mean, if you have children, you have to feed them, right? They're your responsibility. But (laughs) but apart from that, I mean, there's very little that we have to do or there's like a terrible like ramification. So I just think even using language consciously gives us a huge shift and we can become more powerful just by remembering that we're choosing so much. Like there's so much that we're choosing all the time. And I think it really comes down to, and I think this is good for the listeners as well. This is good for me too, is it's once you become aware of the language that you're using, then you catch yourself because there are times where I'll catch myself going, I have two speeches or I have to do two speeches tomorrow. And then I instantly go, oh no, I get to do two speeches tomorrow. All it takes is a quick shift to feel grateful for what you have and that changes your whole perspective on life. Oh, and it's it seems like, oh, that's subtle. It is, but it's dramatic. How can somebody's life transform? You talk about this in the book. How can somebody's life transform when they let it be easy? Ooh, oh my gosh. When you adopt a let it be easy approach, which is available to you in any moment, in any moment when we're conscious, it's incredible what can unfold. I say it shows up like a small miracle. Every time Every time we remember that ease is available, we say we're in a situation and it's a bit uncomfortable because someone is like kind of aggressive and maybe they're telling us their political point of view. And you maybe don't agree or you want to defend something. Is it necessary? Do you need to set someone straight? Do you need to defend your position? Do you need to correct anything? I mean, I swear, I save, we only get a certain amount of emotional energy per day each. And I use mine nicely. I use mine on myself. (laughs) You are the best. You really, you are so inspiring because of that, because I see you taking care of yourself and you go to lunch and you enjoy your hard work. You enjoy what you've done. You enjoy where you're at. You're not just grinding away. You're not just hustling every single day. And that, that is something, there's such a a hustle culture Mm -hmm. and I know I get caught up in it and it's ingrained in us too, that it's like, it's Monday morning and I have to work hard and I have to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was thinking that today, like I don't have to work Monday through Friday. My job is it's it's here and there and it it pays well and I, I can work over weekends or I can have the weeks off, but it's still so ingrained in me that it's Monday and I have to hustle. Mm. And and then I'll look at you and you're like, I'm enjoying lunch today and it's Monday. I'm enjoying lunch tomorrow and it's Tuesday. Like, that's okay. This is even just a great question. Again, like I have to work. I have to. Monday to Friday, I have to. Nine to five. I would just go like, you know, let's look at that. Like, is that true? Is it true? The most successful people I know aren't doing that. They're just not. Someone can go, oh yeah, it must be nice. Like, let it be easy. Just brush everything under the rug. It's the opposite. It's like, let's put a spotlight on a belief that you have that might not be true that's making you suffer. 
you know, there's this old expression that we we form our beliefs and our beliefs form us. So if you believe that you have to do that, have to do that, you know, and you never question it, then you'll feel bad if you're not doing that. But what if you bring it to light, like give it a good juicy spotlight and go, okay, let's see, let's see what, where the, where's the truth here? What's really essential? It's essential that I make my contribution in my lifetime, that I show up for the people who I want to show up for. Those are the essential things. How it looks is up to you, but it's it's incredible what we just accept as truth without ever going, huh, like, I don't know about that. Like, right. like maybe there could be another way. Maybe there's an easier way. Maybe there's a more generous, gentle, self-compassionate way. And and when we have that energy, isn't it amazing how creative we are? Yes. Well, when the pressure's off, I mean, sometimes pressure can force you to get things done. It can be good pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, Having a deadline, like Mm -hmm. you said, that can be really good. Like, okay, we're doing this tomorrow. So let's just get what we need to get together. Don't overthink it and make it happen. But then sometimes that pressure, maybe if it's going on too long, that pressure can be really bad and it can halt our creativity. At least when I'm preparing a new project or when I'm preparing a new speech, if I feel too much pressure for too long, I'm not creative at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I can let that pressure go, then it's just a full creativity download. Yes. And look, Amy's telling the truth because anyone who's listening, think about when your best ideas come, like, or when something just kind of hits you. It's not when it's like, let me sit down and get out 10 ideas right now. I need them in five minutes or I'm in big trouble. I have to do this now. (laughs) Right. Right. That's not our most creative time. (laughs) No, I mean, it's proven that stress shuts down the creative center in our brain. So if I'm going to, whatever it is, and this is the thing, it's not the action. If there are two people, even just say they're going for a job interview, two people going for a, a, a very important job that they both really want. And one person is doing it with stress and one person's doing it with maybe without stress. Who's going to perform better in the interview? Who's going to be themselves? Who's going to think on their feet? Who's going to have good timing? You know, so sometimes we think, oh, I need the stress to perform, but it doesn't work that way. It's like a real life hack to be easier on yourself. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what we want to believe. The, yes. And it's like the jokes on us then. Right? Like, and what I say to someone if they have to perform or if they're nervous, I will say, first of all, just picture it going really well and it being over and you being so happy. And then just picture a couple of people that you really love. Because you can't have appreciation and fear in the same emotion. You cannot hold them in the body at the same time. So if you even just think about your dog that you love so much or, you know, your best friend who you love so much, if you just think about that person and your love for them that's so real then that just brings you back to the truth, like brings you back to yourself. And it's so easy to do this, but we're like, nope, can't do that. Got to stress out because I need to suffer right now to perform. <laughs> like unless, unless I've suffered for at least three days, then I don't even, I, I haven't really earned the money, you know? And it's like, oh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no. And it really does come back to like, what kind of life do you want to live? And, mm-hmm. and why work hard if you can't enjoy life? This is one of my hardest things is I am one of those people who kind of suffers through some of the work that I get to do, and I'm so grateful to do it, but I tend to make it harder on myself because, because, and I think you and I have talked about this before, but really every success that I've had came from some of the hardest work that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. So snowboarding. I I loved every minute of it, 
but it was also extremely hard work, especially going into the Paralympics. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. so stressful at, you know, every moment I had to be working on my legs because I, I put a a big standard on myself. Like I, I need to reach the highest standards. And maybe that's that's the challenge is I'm such an over-accomplisher. I, I want to be the, the best because I believe in my heart I can be. It just takes the work to get there. Let's say Dancing with the Stars. So Dancing with the Stars was like this period of time that was so surreal, unlike anything else in my life. And I felt like I needed every second of the day, we would, you know, we'd have a dance that we had to learn in a week and then we'd have to perform it. And I had so much to learn and I didn't know what feet to wear. And I, I didn't know how to dance. And so I felt like it took every single second of work to be able to perform in the way that I did. And that transfers over to even speaking. I put so much into my speaking, even though I've done it for 10 years, I put so much into every single speech. And it's this belief system that my success comes from hard work. And and so my fear, and here here's a question, is how do you let it be easy without losing the quality of work? Mm, Oh, that is a great question. Yes. And you can see, of course, because of your experiences and working so hard and sweating and having these monumental achievements that you've had, Amy, like we can't understand even like what you like to get to the level of success that you have in these incredibly like physically endure. I mean, gosh, wow. Um, it's interesting because sometimes I think the interpretation that if we let it be easy, it means we don't do anything, right? It means we like sit back, eat Doritos and wait for the accolades to come our way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let me just chill here. And a couple of people have asked me, are you ever worried you'll be too chill? Which is so fascinating. Is I, I find the question fascinating. It's like, wow, if I'm not, because if we, I think honest, if we, if we're really, really honest with ourselves, the pressure that we put the pressure, the internal pressure that we add to the things to do, because right, there's a thing to do, right? Like the dance to learn, for example, but, and then there's all the additional emotional noise, the emotional stress on top. They're not related. So if you are learning a dance, becoming this, you know, pro athlete, that requires your practice. There's no getting around it. If I went to the top of a mountain, I'm like, I'm going to let it be easy. I would die. Right. (laughs) For sure. You know, so it's not like, it's not as if, you know, when you let it be easy, you you don't do the things, you don't go through the same motions. The actions are the same, right? All of those things are the same. The steps, the practice, the learning, the challenges, the obstacles, they'll still happen. But it's not also the, that unnecessary addition of stuff that we do when we're not loving ourselves. Right. Because when I think about myself in those situations where I'm, I'm just, you know, exhausted because I'm working so hard, that's not loving myself. That's not self-care. That's adding all this other stuff that probably doesn't even need to be there. Yes. And look, you're tired, right? Like you'll be tired. You'll yeah. do the things you'll be, of course you'll be tired. You've exhausted your body. You've stretched it. Amazing. But you can go, wow, look at my body. It's tired. We're working hard. We're going to have a little break after this. We're doing a really good job. I'm doing my best. Like I don't have to be perfect, you know, but I'm practicing, I'm showing up and this is enough. I think one question that I'm starting to ask myself, and I think that we can all ask ourselves is, is what I'm doing energizing me or is it depleting me? 
And maybe it doesn't mean if you're depleted, maybe it doesn't mean, oh, I need to change my career or my job or what I'm doing. Maybe it just means I need to change the way that I'm doing it. Mm. and really look into it. So your, you know, your questions, those three questions that you asked, really, it's like whittling it down. Like, okay, you have to do, you have something you have to get done and you want to do really, really good at it and you believe that you can. So you want to put the work into it, but, but is it exhausting you to do, or is it, is it energizing you and getting you excited to do it? And then if it is exhausting you, why, you know, really look at that. Like, what can we push away that does not need to be there? And a lot of the time it's our own thinking. Right? It's just our thinking that's against us. I know that one of the top five regrets of the dying, a great book that I loved and read a long time ago, the final regret was, I wish I let myself be happier. Oh, I love that. I'm not going to have that regret, Amy, let me tell you. like, <laughs> Letting it be easy is regret-proofing your life because you are present for it. And again, it's not skipping the action. It's not, I mean, I still do all the things required to have success in whatever area. I'm still doing the things, but I'm not doing it with a voice of, if this isn't perfect, it's, I mean, and also perfectionism for a second, because I know it comes up so much. It's not about high standards right? We think that it is. We think perfectionism is high standards. And that also makes us feel kind of smug, right? Like, oh, I just have really high standards, you know? High standards are great, right? I have high standards too. But perfectionism is about anxiety, Mm. right? It's like, what will happen if? And then I know that perfectionists, if we, if we identify as one, I don't, but if we do identify as one, we're often not even operating at our full potential because we don't take risks because there could be a mistake. And we often are afraid to ask for help because it, we can think that it's a weakness. And so if you kind of let go, if you go, I've got high standards, aim for excellence, truly good enough is, good enough is. And I would even say, if someone's worried about taking action in something, I love to give this example. Just say you're a, like a photographer or you're like, I don't know, say a makeup artist, right? Imagine, okay, who is of more service and who is showing up in the world and making their contribution? Who's being more generous? the excellent, excellent, the perfect photographer or the perfect makeup artist that hasn't done anything yet because, you know, they could, they could maybe still be a bit more perfect um, or the mediocre average as heck photographer and makeup artist who are out there with a good attitude doing the things, taking the pictures, putting on the makeup. Who is making the biggest contribution? Right. The one who's just out there taking action, doing it because they love to do it. Hey, I need average photos. I need photos, right? Like I'll take them from someone. (laughs) I can't wait for the perfect photographer who's never going to show up at my door because he's still figuring it out. So we, we need action takers. And however we show up, we're learning as we go. I also believe too that it's really normal and to be expected to be embarrassed of your past work. Someone said once, if you're not humiliated by what you created a year ago, you're not creating enough you know? So I'm like, great. I hope I'm cringing at my stuff in a year from now. And that's how you keep getting better. But for now it's my best. Yes. So I want to ask you a couple of quick fire questions that I ask all of my guests. Okay. Are you ready? Oh yes. Yes. Well, it's not anything crazy, but, um, okay. So finish this sentence. When I feel inspired, I feel alive. That's true. I always look at inspiration like it's the fuel. You know, it's it's what fuels you. Like the inspiration comes before the motivation. So yes. inspiration would make you feel alive. You need that to get excited, to actually take action and be motivated. 
Yes, and inspired actually means to be with spirit, to be in spirit. I didn't even know that. So it's like you're, you're with spirit when you're inspired. So no wonder you feel alive. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And this is live inspired. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, second question. What's the last little thing that inspired you? You right now, Amy, truly, always, you. I mean, uh, like I said, if anyone has any excuse, I will whack them in their face with a picture of you. I'll be like brace yourself a whack is coming like truly for you to be such an example to us of what can be done in this world without excuses without self-pity without a victim story it's so much more generous than I could even imagine like a donation could be or this or that it's like you showing up as a real life role model of what is available to human beings that is very inspiring Ah, Susie, thank you. You're just the best. You're the best encourager. We all need encouragement, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I text you, I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm overthinking something or I'm not feeling confident about something. And, and you're always just showing everybody their light. Well, can I tell you that I'm, I'm a good encourager because I encourage myself first. That's it. That really is it. You can't give what you don't give to yourself. That's right. And if I'm like, I'm a hot, fine young thing doing good things in this world, <laughs> then of course it's easy for me to see that in others and give that to others. Yes. So yeah, we can we can give what we are. So loving yourself is such a generous act. Yes, it is. Okay. So third and last question is, what song do you turn on when you want to feel inspired or, or just what song inspires you most? Oh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> I can blast that. Like I can get in trouble blasting that. Like that is a good song. That is a good one. That is a good one. I'm actually, as soon as this is, this is over, I'm going to turn that on. And now every time I turn it on, I'm going to think about you. Yay! We need to to be amped up. I feel like, this is your one shot. Go, go, go. Oh my gosh, what a good song. And look, and that is how easy a mood shift can be. Put on a song that that, that will shift your energy. There are all these little secret shifts we can do all the time. We are so powerful. We are. And you know, this just inspired me maybe from my podcast, from the Live Inspired podcast. I'll put together a playlist of everybody's songs. Inspire them, and then we've got a soundtrack to just lift us up and get us excited about life, get us in touch with our spirit. Sometimes that's all you need. You could be just kind of moping through the day, and then a song turns on, and you're suddenly just so inspired and excited about life. Mm-hmm. And they're always available. So I want that yes. playlist. Thank you so much, Susie. I love you so much. You are so amazing. You are such a light in the world because you you help others see their own. You help me see my own. I'm just so honored to be able to share you with my audience. So thank you so much. Right back at you, Amy. I love you so much. I love guests like Susie because I know that her story and her advice changed a life today. Maybe it changed yours. Susie's book, Let It Be Easy, is available right now. And if you've fallen in love with Susie like I have, check out her website, susie-more.com. That's S-U-S-I-E hyphen M-O-O-R-E dot com. Also, if Susie inspired you to get started on something that you've been putting off, I want to hear about it. Leave me a voicemail at 970-747-3400. I listen to every message and I want to hear how Susie inspired you today. 
If this episode inspired you, please make sure to share with someone else or on your social media. And also make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening to Bouncing Forward. Thank you.